Man. See, now I want to preach that. But let me, let me share with you today, as we get ready to move into our resurrection week, our resurrection month, I'm, I apologize, resurrection month. Where's my, oh, I'm in the New Testament. I need to be in the Old Testament. And I want to share with you this. I've been reminded of this lately. That, and I want to start with a question. How many of you just get exhausted from the battle? Have you ever hit a season like that? You're just like, God, I just, I'm tired of trying. I mean, let's just be honest for a moment. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, what's next? Okay, God, I understand your promises. I'm, I'm attempting to be faithful. I'm trying to do everything I know to do. But it's like one thing after another. I mean, I'm just exhausted. And you know, and do you ever get tired of somebody and you say, I, and you go to somebody and you finally confide in them and you say, I'm just worn out. And they look at you and say, you just need more Jesus. Did you, the spirit of slap, that's exactly right. It's like, comes on you. Same thing happened to Wilt. Never mind. Never mind. Not going there. But there are moments when you're so tired and you're exhausted in the battle that you start making decisions that you shouldn't be making. You become numb to the reality of the things around us, the spiritual battle around us. And the truth is, is when we're exhausted physically, it causes us to be exhausted spiritually. Let me tell you this, when you're exhausted spiritually, it causes you to be exhausted physically. You see, you're both flesh and spirit, and they are intertwined explicitly. So what we have to do is understand in those moments when we, don't not, when we just don't get it, when we're hurting, when we're struggling, and we just don't understand how and why God does some of the things he does. We have to have a plan. See, I'm one of those people that realize this. Seasons are going to come in your life that you don't understand. Anybody know what I mean? They're going to show up. The way to win over those battles is to have a plan for when that battle comes into your life. And that's what we want to talk about today. So if you would stand to your feet very quickly, open up your Bibles to the book of 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 21. I absolutely love this message as we start talking about the battle of once again. The battle of once again, and it's a battle that each of us will face. Every one of us are going to face a battle more than once. But some battles, it seems like we fight a lot. So let's look at this. 1 Samuel chapter 21, and we're going to look in verse 15. This is where I want to start, and this is the story of David. Now, we remember the story that David conquered Goliath, right? We know the story. It's like he was the... Uh, he, he was not the one that should have won that battle in the flesh, but because God was on the scene and because he was anointed by God and he had faith, he was able to overcome an obstacle that was far bigger than him. And it's fascinating because you remember, he killed Goliath, right? The son of Gathi, he killed Goliath. And it says this, that he went to Goliath at the end and took his sword and cut off his head, Right? With his own sword. All right? Because David didn't have a sword. 
That comes into play here in just a moment. But let's read 2 Samuel 21, starting in verse 15. Once again, there was a battle between the Philistines and Israel. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines, and he became exhausted. And Ishbi Benob, one of the descendants of Rapha and Goliath, whose bronze spearhead weighed 300 shekels and who was armed with a new sword because David had taken another sword, said he would kill David. But Abishai came to David's rescue. How many know we all need an Abishai in our lives? came to David's rescue. He struck the Philistine down and killed him. Then David's men swore to him, saying, never again will you go out with us to battle so that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. What a powerful lesson of growth. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. And I pray that as we embark upon this discussion and this unleashing of your word, that God, it would find fertile soil in each of our hearts. For we know this, that your word never fails. Your word is our firm foundation. And God, as we stand upon it today, may it speak to each of our hearts. And Lord, we ask this, that your word would convict each of us today, that the places where we fall short, you will help us see those areas. For those that don't know Christ, that are hearing this, that are in this room today, that God, you would meet them right where they are and you would draw them to you. And God, we thank you. And as we've already said, Father, when we leave this place, may we leave here changed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. And really quickly, as you're being seated, can you all welcome everybody that's joining us online real quick? Can you just say we're glad you're here? We really are. Listen, we would really rather have you in the house, but we also understand there are a lot of you that watch from all over the world. We're thankful for you, but some of you live right in our area. Some of you are checking us out for the first time, and I can tell you this, this is a great bunch of folks, and they will treat you right. You're welcome to be here, but we're glad you're here today. So let's look at this. So what a fascinating passage of Scripture because, you know, when I first read that, and I'm thinking, like, if you're in David's position, and it's like, you will never go out with us again. I'm like, who are you talking to? From David's perspective, it's like, I'm anointed by God. As a matter of fact, I killed Goliath. Uh, with, with a slingshot and some stones. You don't tell me. Now, here's what I find interesting because that is, the, that is the approach that most of us take because we don't like to be told what to do, especially Americans. You don't tell us unless you're a doctor that should just disappear again. However, you can think about that later. However, what I will tell you is this. I know I shouldn't have gotten... I'll stop. But here's what I want you to understand. The truth of the matter comes to the place is that when there are seasons in our life that we are anointed for, there are times in our moments of, of when we're walking, seasons and, and moments, and I would like to even say it, levels, that God anoints us for that level. The problem comes in our lives when we're trying to depend on yesterday's anointing instead of looking for a fresh anointing for the new level. 
And see, this is how, this is what happens spiritually when we're going through battles and we're fighting through some things and we don't understand why things are happening the way they're happening and we're looking at things and it's just, man, I feel like I'm treading through mud instead of just crossing the water. I, I, I feel like I'm really struggling here. Many times it's because we're working through things with an understanding of, well, God did it this way in the past. We expect him to do it the same way in the future. And here's what I want to make you understand, is that with new seasons, there are new struggles. With new seasons and new levels, there are different levels of that battle. And God's use of you, God's placement for you can be different. But that's not a bad thing. You know, at one time when I was, in, uh, when I was early in ministry, I was a worship leader. Loved it, still love it to this day. But the truth is, is worship wouldn't be where it's at today if I had said, no, no, this is what God's called me to do, and I'm not moving from this level. I'm going to be protective of this area and this spot because I love it. But when God pushed me out of my comfort zone and said, that's not all I want you to do, it's part of who you are, but you've got to move to a different level. Then, let me tell you something, leading people in worship is fun except when you don't do songs that they like right? It's funny. Depending on the person, let me tell you, man, you'll walk off the platform and you're going home and say, Pastor, that, or Clay, that was the most, you were so anointed today. And it was because you sang their favorite song. And then next week you sing another song and they come up and say, just wasn't there today, was it? You were really trying, but it just wasn't happening. You know, and then that was about the hardest thing I had to deal with as a worship leader in that time. But then I started dealing with adults and I had to start walking through their issues with them. It was a different season. And it required a different anointing in my life. See, the problem is, is we get comfortable with a certain place and a certain anointing and how God uses and how God moves. And the reality is, as those seasons change and shift and you begin to go to new levels, there will be battles that surprise you. And this is a battle that David went through that I believe surprised him very much because he went down and realized, <laughs> you know what? I almost died. I mean, I want you to think about that for a minute. I'll frame it like this, and then we'll, we'll dig deeper into the word. Is, uh, I remember, I love basketball. You know, I love playing basketball. It's, uh, it, it, was just, it was just a part of what I did. I love it, and I love playing ball, and I love playing basketball backyard ball and of course most of the scars that I have on my body are from playing basketball it's ridiculous you're like going if you if you got that many scars you're probably not that good you probably need to stop you know but I loved playing and we were playing and I'll never forget um I was coming in and I started driving for the basket and I came up and I and I jumped I remember jumping because I knew I was going to make this particular move because the guy was right behind me he's coming he's going to try to block the shot you know and I and I start to jump and as I jump in my head I'm saying you're going to do this and then you're going to spin and do this it's like my body just did not listen has anybody experienced that Right, it's like, you know, your, your body just does not respond the way it used to. And I think sometimes in life, it's the same thing. We expect seasons of life to be like another season, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. 
What I want to challenge you today is to learn that in this moment, in the place where you are, you need to understand that there are battles in our lives that we realize if we're not facing it correctly, if we're not preparing for it correctly, we find ourselves in a place where we're exhausted because we keep fighting the same battle. The reason I say it's the same battle is in verse 22. Verse 22, same chapter, 2 Samuel 21, verse 22. Who were these people that almost killed David? They were the four descendants of Rapha, and they fell at the hands of David and his men. In other words, they were Philistines. Now, historically, in the Israelites' life, in God's people's life, the Philistines came after them and had a hatred for them that was just constant. We read about it all through the Old Testament. And we see this, and now what we see with David in particular, there are some battles that are generational. They just keep coming back. Have you ever noticed that? It's like you get victory over your challenge, over that temptation, over that tendency in your life and you get victory and it seems like two years later, maybe three years later, all of a sudden, why am I feeling that again? Because here's what happens. The Philistines in your life, the enemy in your life, and in this, in this moment, the Philistines are the enemy of God's people and I wanna use this in relation to you is that we're gonna use it as this. The enemy, when he comes against your life, is like the Philistines and what he does is he comes after the places that are historically weaknesses for you and they keep coming back and they'll come back and they'll come back again. The thing is, what we remember as we grow in Christ, as we grow in our anointing, as we grow in our faith, and we become stronger and become more rooted, the way it should be is when the enemy comes back, he discovers that you've swept around your doorstep. That's another scripture I'll share with you another time. But it comes to that place where you realize, no, 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 look, I got news for you. Yeah, you know what? I messed up, and I went down into battle, and I shouldn't have gone. I should have sent my men. But you know what? God's favor rested on me and he brought me through it. And I'm learning from that mistake. I'm learning from that challenge so that when the enemy comes back again, you're prepared. What I want you to see is this, is that sometimes God uses you as a hand. Sometimes God uses you as a director. There are moments in your life that you have to realize that God uses us in different ways. When we get stuck in a way of thinking, it can cost us and those around us dearly. Can you imagine what would have happened if because David went down and did not allow Abishai to help and, and the mighty men of David to do what they were called to do? Can you imagine if David lost his life and the enemy won that victory that day? It would have changed so much. And what I want to tell you is that when you lean on how God touched you yesterday, Instead of letting God freshly fill you with his Holy Spirit and empower you for a new day, then you're going to find yourself weak and exhausted. And I could tell you there's so many stories I could tell you, but for sake of time, I just want you to grab a hold of that and understand that sometimes you can't do everything on your own. Sometimes you need an Abishai. Sometimes you need someone who will come up and not just give you encouragement, but will pick you up and say, look, sit down for a minute. Let me fight for you. You see, I remember so many times in my life 
that we've all faced certain challenges and certain battles and times where things happen that I have absolutely zero control over. And I'm like a lot of you in this room that are listening today is I, I like to be able to control my world. <laughs> I, I like an ordered world. I like, I like things just the way I like them. As a matter of fact, I went over to my daughter's house the other day. I had the pleasure of picking my grandson up and, and taking him to school. And I'd finished at the gym early, so I was heading over there, and I had like a half an hour, and I'm sitting there, and me and Aiden are chatting, and he's telling me about life, and he's giving me all kinds of wisdom. And as we're doing that, I'm looking around, and, you know, and, and I could tell they probably had a late night. There was a lot of mess around, and they got kids, so you know how that goes in life. And, and I'm looking around. I'm going, hey, I got 30 minutes. So I'm, I'm just cleaning up because I can't think in mess anymore. Tawana has ruined me. You know, so me and Aiden are chatting and I'm getting the dishes and I'm, th- you know, I'm just doing all this stuff. And, and the, the thing I want you to understand is that when life gets out of order and our life gets cluttered, it becomes very difficult to see and to understand what is speaking to me, what is going on in my life. You need to clear that path and say, God, and here's, that, here's what clears it. God, we're switching back to the spiritual. God, I know that what I have right now is not enough for the next level of my life. I need you to help me like you helped David to see the path and to be man or woman enough to accept the path. Because David was a warrior and he was confronted with a change, a shift in his life. So how do we handle these battles? Because it is. This one was a battle that kept coming. The Philistines were historically always coming in. But I love in verse 22, when David stepped back, got out of the way, and let people do what they needed to do, all of the descendants of Gath, all the brothers of Goliath were taken care of that day. So what I want you to see in this moment is that we need each other. But here is the thing you need to understand. Here's your first key thought. I've only got two for you today. Is this. You must have an understanding that as you grow, your spiritual battles will shift and change. Growth requires this. The deeper you get into your walk with God, the more the battles will change. Because the enemy, he's not dumb. He will come at you at ways. He will come, you know, if he can't get you this way, he'll try to strike strike at you through somebody else. I'm telling you, you have to be prepared. But if you have an understanding that this is a sign that you're growing. When I'm facing battles, I look at it, I don't get uh, dismissive. I don't get uh, depressed. I don't get, oh, why me, God? You know, I think I've grown past that at this point. Now I look at it and go, you know what? That means that God's elevating me to another level. And my response needs to be this. God, fill me with what I need for this moment. If you've got me in a place where I'm casting out devils, I want to be ready for that. God, if you're preparing me to lead whatever you want me to lead, God, prepare me for that. Fill me. And I can tell you this, one of the things I find so hard to understand in this world, that for believers, we choose to not walk through life full 
of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how we can be the lights that we need to be. I don't know how we survive what the enemy's putting in front of us and attacking us with every day without the discernment and the direction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So really it becomes a challenge between do I live in an old anointing or do I embrace a new anointing? And I think when we look at that, it changes everything. So what we see in this passage was that David's season was changing, and he struggled with that change. I I love it because it humanizes David, because we look at David, and it's like he was a warrior, he was a poet, he was was just all, he did amazing things throughout his life, made a lot of mistakes, but he made an impression, and he was used by God in a great way. And when we look at those people that have done so much for God, we end up elevating them to this place that we don't realize sometimes that they have human battles too. Because we end up wanting to beat ourselves up because we're not perfect. Can I just tell you something right now? Can you find one person in this room and point at them and tell them they're not perfect? Can you just, no, don't do that. (laughs) Can we just say in this room, we know we're not perfect. Anybody, we know we're not perfect. But what we understand is we don't need to beat ourselves up because we're not. What we need to understand is this is part of the journey of growth and becoming who God wants us to be. And understand this, it's a very simple concept today. Every level that God takes you to, every level of growth requires, I want you to get that, requires a fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. Today, if you're dealing with bitterness, and you're like, I'm just so tired of carrying this. A fresh anointing will cure that in your life. You say, but pastor, I'm not that guy. I don't come up to the altar and I, you know, uh, if I come up there and, you know, and the Holy Spirit comes on me and I don't want to be weird. You know, I just don't want to be weird. I always tell people this. Look, if the Holy Spirit fills you in a moment and does that and you act weird, you were weird before the Holy Spirit ever started. <laughs> right? Because the Holy Spirit ain't weird. But what I need you to understand is this, is sometimes because of our traditions, we will sit back and miss what God's trying to do in our life to empower us for the next level because we are too prideful and too stubborn to say, if God's word says it's true, it's true. And if God says even, if we learn through the scripture that even the disciples talked of being filled multiple times, In other words, they were getting fresh anointings for missions in their lives. I think that's such an important concept to understand because I meet people all the time and I'll say, well, when was your, when did you last feel? And I realized that because of all of our various backgrounds and and, and our understandings, you know, sometimes I have to choose. It's like, if you understand somebody's background, you know what language you've got to use. Like some of you, I just got, you know, I said, when was your last dose of the Holy Ghost? You know, and they're like, oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Some people going, what? (laughs) Right? So it's a language, it's semantics. But what I want to tell you is this, is when you have that conversation and you say, when did you feel the anointing of God? That's for the high church people. When did you feel the anointing of God? (laughs) Last. You know, Pentecostal people just say, when did you last dance before the Lord? You know, it's like, Right? But here's, here's what, I th- it really does come down to that. And you say, I feel like I'm drowning. I read something from a believer just today, this morning. As he cried out for help, 
and said, even as a believer, I don't feel like I care if I live or if I die. Do you know what the problem with that is? It's because of an old anointing. And when we face problems and issues and challenges not freshly filled with his power, then we end up putting ourselves in a position where we can be destroyed. And that is just the truth of the matter. We need a fresh infilling of God's power. R.T. Kendall uh, wrote this, and if you've never read R.T. Kendall, amazing, amazing spirit-filled writer. Uh, Too long of a story for me to share with you, but I paraphrased what he wrote. He said, if our anointing is not replenished by a fresh touch of God, replenished by a fresh touch of God, then we are depending on yesterday's anointing. So I want you to understand, this is just not Clay coming up here and saying, this is what you need. I'm telling you historically through experience, I'm telling you through multiple people that I have walked with and seen mighty men and women of God that have walked in the power of that anointing that will tell you, you cannot depend on yesterday for tomorrow. What you depend on is today for tomorrow. Because you say, well, what does today have to do with it? Because you need to make a decision. You can either, as my daddy would have said, you can either wallow in the pig pen of your sin or you can make a choice that I'm gonna be different. You can make a choice that I'm not gonna get beaten by this giant anymore. I'm not getting beaten by this temptation anymore. I'm not gonna struggle with this anymore. I'm making a decision today that God is going to help me move through this. Because we live in a world right now, I'm going to tell you, the world is in the most anti-biblical state. The Bible's very clear about things. The Bible, let me just say this really clear. Me and Tuan were talking about this morning. The Bible is very clear about gender identity. Right? The Bible is very clear about sexual identity. And I don't think I have to go into a sermon about this because I think everybody understands what I'm saying. I'm telling you, God has called us to be people of the living God. Sometimes it rubs against what the world says. Can I just rephrase that? It will always rub against what the world says. And it's not a matter of hating people or any, no, no, no. We love everybody. But at the same time, we have to say what we have. I've said this many times. This is what directs me in life. This word. And when I look at this, it informs me of a lot of things. And you know, can I just be honest for a minute? Sometimes I read things in here and I go, man, I wish that wasn't in there. But maybe you have grown a little wiser over the years like I have, hopefully, is this. And I realize there are some things I just don't get a choice. I choose this as my truth. Now, when we say this, and I know some people say, you're old-fashioned, you're just old-fashioned, you don't have a new revelation. Let me tell you something, if that's your revelation that says it's going against the word of God, I don't want your revelation. I'm just, yeah, okay, let me get back on track. So if you're on, if you're depending on yesterday's anointing, you're not allowing God to replenish you with a fresh touch of God. Let me just give you one example as I start wrapping this up. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Talking about Peter and John. Now, 
here's what I want you to understand is Peter and John were doing what they were called to do, preach the gospel. And uh, they were once again jailed for this. And I find it interesting because what we find here is they needed a fresh anointing. These two, these two that we look at that carried the gospel, these two that had seen miracle after miracle, they walked with Jesus. And we see this, and they needed a fresh anointing. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. This is what happens because when they left jail, they needed a fresh anointing. So what did they do? They gathered with believers. I want you to get a picture of this really quickly. When they were in that moment and they realized they were probably exhausted, they needed a fresh anointing, what did they do? They got together with the believers. And I love what the response was. In verse 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they had assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Can I tell you something? That when the Holy Spirit shows up in your life, things shift. Things change. And you will declare boldly the things of God. Can I tell you this? I believe the church today needs an interaction with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we need to be bolder about the things of God. We need to preach the gospel of love. We need to preach the gospel of truth. We need to speak the reality that we could very possibly see the second coming of Jesus in our lifetime. That's amazing, which also makes it more immediate that we be doing the work of the Father. And can I just tell you this? You need a fresh anointing for what God has for you tomorrow. Now, here's your last key thought. To make room for a fresh anointing, now listen, to make room for a fresh anointing, you must let go of what God did yesterday. So set your heart on God refreshing you today for your powerfully anointed tomorrow. Now keep that up there for a minute because here's what I want to say. You've got to, in order to get that fresh anointing, you've got to make room for that fresh anointing. When I say that, what I'm, this is what I mean. Some of us as believers are so frustrated and so angry today. Rightfully so. We watch the world around us become more godless every single day. We have leaders that totally dismiss the things of God leading our country today. We have people across the world who are going further and further and further away from the truth that is the foundation of our lives. So I just want to say that to say, you have a right to be angry and frustrated. But what you don't need to hang on to is that anger and frustration because it will inhibit you from being full of the spirit that will powerfully anoint you for the tomorrow that God has put you in this moment for. I've watched it so many times. We get hung up on things that at the end of the day don't matter. And we end up losing so much because of it. And it mostly comes down to the places that we wanted to hang on to the past. You know, I look back at great moves of God over the years. You know, and I've, I've been alive long enough that we've got to see a lot of them flow through, and there have been some wild ones. But the one thing I can tell you about great revivals is that they shake things up. 
But the reality is, is that we can't hang on to what happened yesterday. We can't go, well, God did it this way then. No, we gotta say, God, what do you wanna do? We just want to do what you want us to do, whatever it looks like, whatever that seems to be. We want to be faithful to you. In other words, we want to make room for that fresh anointing and let go of what was so that we can be anointed for what is to come and what is there. And here's the problem when it comes back to our lives. If we don't get a fresh anointing, then we end up repeating the same battles over and over and over you see, what happened to me on a personal level was there's this, this, this one thing in my life. And I was like, man, why? I've been serving the Lord so long. Why does the enemy keep coming at me with this? And it just hit me. It's what brought me to this passage. Because you need a fresh anointing for that battle. And you've been rolling on like, well, you've faced the battle before. Let me just do it. I'll take care of it. I'm strong enough. I can do this. I'm a man. I can do this. You know, like Grant Ross talking, I'm a I'm wired, hardwired man. <laughs> Where'd he go? All right, I'm sorry. But it's true. You know, it's like we're wired to fix. We're wired to provide. It's true. That's how God built us. But what I can tell you is this is sometimes we have to realize there are some things that we cannot do in our own power. We need a fresh anointing. And you've got to make room for the greatness that God has for you in this time. And remember, this is one thing my, my wife has poured into me over all these years is this. Remember, he didn't bring you this far to leave you where you are. I love that. He didn't bring you this far to leave you right where you are. Nope, you're growing. You're getting planted. You're getting rooted. And when you get rooted, you can't help but grow and be better and be more discerning and to understand, to have more grace, to be everything that God's called us to be. So when we look at this, it's so powerful to see that even David struggled with these moments. But yet he had the wisdom to step back and say, you know what? God's anointed me for something different in this season and I'm gonna walk in that anointing. I'm not supposed to fight battles the same every time. See, what I find interesting about the story because one of the things that I struggle with, I was looking at it, I'm going, why does it say that, his, uh, that Rapha had a, a, a new sword that was fighting David? Said he's gonna kill David, right? Why do you have a new sword? Why is it mentioned? And it came back to me. It's because, you know what? when you go back through it and you realize that there was a reason why the Bible recorded the fact that David picked up Goliath's sword and ended that battle, gruesomely, but ended the battle, and then kept that sword. And the Bible, his historians tell us that David carried that shield and that sword in his tents during battles to remind him that God was able to do such a thing, and it reminded him so now we have one of his relatives that come out with a sword. It was about the same weight, and, all that, and it was a new sword, and that new sword was meant to strike down the man of God. So what I want you to understand is that when we are open to a fresh anointing of God, God will provide the Abishai's in your life and in your moment to help you see what you can't see on your own. I've, I've been through struggles that I didn't even, I didn't even realize I was weak. I didn't realize how exhausted I was 
until those that I've given permission in my life to be close to me and be honest with me and tell me everything and, and that I submit to as my authorities. And let me tell you something. If you don't have authority in your life, you're going to struggle. But I've given these men permission to speak into my life. And they will say, Clay, you need to grab Tawana and you need to leave for a while. Don't deal with this situation right now because I'm a bona fide country boy. You know, and it's like sometimes us bona fide country boys, when we get hot-headed, we don't react the way that probably will have the best results. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So what I want to tell you is this. Sometimes when you're exhausted, things look differently. And here's what I would challenge you with today is to understand this fact that when you're tired and when you're being worn out spiritually, and can I just, and just in full transparency, we're seeing this. Anxiety and fear are the curse of this generation. And anxiety and fear will rob you of your strength. It will trap you in a room by yourself wondering why the world has forgotten about you. It will keep you sitting in a room full of people and say, nobody cares about what God's called me to do. And I'm just telling you something. The devil is a liar. And that, but that's what happens. It exhausts us and we're weary. And I'm just here to tell you something today that we've got a job to do. And as Tawana would always say, he didn't bring you this far to leave you where you are. And I'll close with this. Judges. I love this passage when God's, when, the, when God's talking about Gideon. Judges chapter 6, verses 13 and 14. The Bible says, as Gideon was responding, he said, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Stop there for a minute. God, if you're for me, why? God, if... Your promises are all yay and amen and good things and all these. If you're with me, why have all these things happened to me? I love the response as it's saying, no, go forward. Go forward. This is what I'm trying to tell you about your pain in your life. Move forward. Move forward. And just like Gideon, he's confronted and facing a mission that's bigger than him. Can I tell you this? Do you know what you need? when you're exhausted spiritually, you need a mission that's bigger than you because it forces you to depend on a new anointing. When God launched us into a new season as a church, I recognized very quickly I didn't have in me what I needed to go forward. And I had to pause. And I had to say, God, I need a fresh anointing. Help me. Fill me. But I love this. But why is, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? In verse 14, I love it. It says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength that you have. What? Lord, I don't have any strength. Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine press in fear, hiding from the enemy, from the Philistines. And the angel of the Lord shows up and says, I've got a mission for you. You are going to set my people free. You are going to deliver my people from this oppression. What if you in this room today, God is saying, look, you may be afraid. You may be struggling. You may be hurting right now. But you see it as impossible. But this path that you're on, 
I have something bigger than you can imagine. And what if what God has called you to do is to set a spark that brings a revival, not only to this hillside, but brings a revival to our community and to our cities and to our region and to our nation who desperately needs a revival of God. It desperately needs a move. What if God is looking at you like Gideon and you're going, but God, I'm if you're for me, then why? Why is all this happening? I just love how the Lord does. He goes, go in the strength that you have. And this is what I tell you. This is what the Lord's speaking to you this morning. Is you may be hurting, you may be lost, and you may be saying, but God, I'm not strong enough right now. He says, go in the strength that you have. And here's what I've learned. When you commit to the mission and you realize you don't have enough God then fills you with what you need sometimes it's the step of faith of saying I have to trust God I'm depending on him he's my deliverer he's the one that's going to make the changes not me because honestly I don't have it in me without him I can't do the impossible he can I can't change the hearts of people he can because I'm like a lot of you. I can misread situations. I can say the wrong thing. Anybody ever done that? You ever said the wrong thing? You think you're doing good and you just say the wrong. It's like, sometimes my wife looks at me and she goes, really, Clay? And I'm like, oh, I, you know, I was led by the Lord. No, I didn't say that. But yeah, it's like, no, nope, that wasn't the Lord, Clay. But the truth is, is we all struggle and we all miss the mark. But here's what I want to tell you. As this church, and I'll speak to the body, as this church moves into what God has for us, each of us needs a fresh anointing in our lives. This house is walking in a fresh anointing. And I'm telling you now that God is stirring you to a fresh anointing. And you'll take the little strength that you have and he will increase it with his. And that's the way he wants it. And that should be the way you want it. Because I'd rather have his strength than mine. I need him. And so do you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes in the house today? Father, today, as we begin to wrap up our time together here, God, I pray that you begin to speak to our hearts. That, God, the places where we have let our spirits get dry, that God, you're about to ignite something in each of us, that you're about to increase this in our lives. And Father, I just pray right now that God, you would convict each of our hearts, that we would get our minds right, that we would get our hearts right, and we would once again seek your face and seek your face dramatically. And Father, today, we thank you for the example of David and Abishai and his men. Father, we thank you for the example of Peter and John. We thank you for the men and women that have come before us and made a pathway through difficult places that we could be here. And now it's our turn. Father, strengthen us. Fill us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, 
I'm going to ask you to do this a little different. I'm going to ask you all across this room, if you're able, I just want you to stand to your feet. To stand to your feet, and I'm going to ask you a question. You're here today, and you say, Pastor, the reality in my life is I recognize I need a fresh anointing. I need it. If that's you right now, just I just want you to lift your hand and say, I know I need a fresh anointing in my life. Amen. Amen. By that show of hands, I'm telling you, that's an outpouring. And we need it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now I'm going to ask another question. Just put your hands down right now. I'm going to ask another question. You're here and you say, I know I'm not right with God. And before I even get to that place, I know I need to, I need to have a relationship with Jesus. I know there's sin in my life. And today, I'm getting it right. If that's you, I just want you to bubble. Just lift your hand up where you are and say, today's a new day. Today, I'm changing things. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I just want to see any hands. Say, today, I'm changing things. I'm not living out the way I have been. Amen. You can place your hands back down. I'm going to ask our altar team and our pastors are available to make their way to the front very quickly. And we're going to say this prayer. You raise your hand and you said, Pastor, I need Jesus today. Today, I need to get right with God. We're going to pray this prayer right now, and we're going to pray it across this entire house. So if you're with us in line, online, then you can join the prayer right now too, and just lead, let us know, because you're important to us. So let's just bow our heads and pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sin and I turn away from my past. Today I'm forgiven. I'm a new creation. It's a new chapter to my book and I'm depending on you, Jesus. And it's in your name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, church, give the Lord some...